This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, everybody. So happy to be here with you again today. I know some of you guys were probably hoping Ryan was going to show back up again today, weren't you? Yeah, it's awkward, like, do we tell him the truth? Just kidding. I'm happy to be back here with you. Ryan did a great job last week. Um, We are continuing in our Mama Always Says uh, sermon series. And uh, if you're new here with this and you're going, okay, I don't get this. What is this Mama Always Said thing? Well, we started this series around Mother's Day, and we were talking about how um, our moms really have so much wisdom, and there's so much wisdom that our moms have passed down uh, to us over the years, and the idea was, as we were thinking about it, that really the place where our mothers got this great wisdom came from God, came from the scriptures, that, if, if, that really all good wisdom, all true wisdom is rooted in the scriptures, is rooted in uh, the Bible and God's word. And so let's, we said, let's, let's look at uh, one of the books in the Bible that's known for wisdom, and really the book of Proverbs is, is one of the greatest pieces of wisdom literature um, in the Bible. And so we wanted to look at the book of Proverbs and, and just kind of see, all right, how can we walk through some of the major themes here, and how can we, as we go through it, try to figure out how how to be and learn how to be um, wise followers of Jesus. That, that's really what this is about, is studying Proverbs, looking at the major themes in Proverbs, and, and asking the question, how can we apply this to our lives and become wise followers of Jesus? And you say, well, Mike, why wisdom exactly? Well, Proverbs 4, 7 says this, and this has been our theme verse really throughout this entire series. Wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom, and whatever else you do, or whatever else you get, get understanding. So he's saying wisdom is supreme. And, and I'm not like the best with languages and things like that, but supreme is important, right? Supreme is pretty big. So wisdom is supreme. So whatever you do, get wisdom. So that's what, that's what we're chasing after. And so we've just been walking through this series. Week one, we talked about how um, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, the Bible says. And really what that means for us is that we have a correct posture before the Lord. And so we start out with making a few declarations. We say, God, we want to have the correct posture before you as we try to t- attain and gain wisdom. And so we just declare before you, God, you're right. We declare, God, you're holy. God, we declare you're awesome. We just want to bow before you worship you and ask you to just give us a little bit of wisdom. Week two, we talked about what uh, really I think is probably one of the most important uh, parts of this entire series, which was the wisdom of the content. And what we really understood as we walked through this series that the greatest enemy of contentment is comparison. And so we asked God to help break the chains off of us and really all of us because in one way, shape, or form, we struggle with this idea of comparison, comparing ourselves to other people, comparing what we have to what other people have. And we just asked God, God, please break those chains of comparison off of us because when we live in that, we can never be truly content. We can truly never worship God for what he's given us because we're not really grateful for what he's done. And so we said, God, break those chains. Week three, we talked about the wisdom of the generous and not just talking about money, although of course that's part of it, but the wisdom of those who live a generous life who give away themselves, what that looks like. And really, we kind of based that on a quote from Mother Teresa that said, a life not lived for others is not really a life. Thought there's some good wisdom in that. 
And then last week we saw as Ryan talked about granddad's wisdom and we saw wisdom that his grandfathers and grandparents had passed down to him that they had learned from Jesus and how it impacted his life. And now this week, since you're all caught up, see if you missed all those, you don't even have to go listen to them now. You're just there. You're here. You got it. This week we're talking about the wisdom of the learner. The wisdom of the learner. And, and really what's true about life is that it doesn't really matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your life stage is. It doesn't matter what your experience is. It doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter where you are in life. One thing that I know to be true is that God can grow you. That God can shape you. And I would, I would bet that we'd all say there's certain relationships I have that I want to grow. I want to get better in my job. I want my marriage to grow and get better. I want, hopefully, because we're all here today, I want my relationship with Jesus to grow. I want my relationship with Jesus to mature. I want personally, there's probably, probably all have personal goals that we say, man, I want to work out more. I want to read more. I want to, I don't know, watch Netflix more. I don't know what, what your goals are, right? But we all have personal these areas in our lives where we say, man, I really want to, I wish I could grow. It doesn't really matter where we are. And, and really, it's something that we all really just have to accept if we're going to be a learner. As a matter of fact, I, there's a couple of guys here in the church that um, we walked through a book together uh, a few weeks ago called The Ideal Team Player. And in that book, it, it talks about three three attributes that you really want someone to have if they're going to be kind of an ideal team player, if they're going to be a good teammate. And so as we were walking through, I gave them the books. I said, hey, here's what I want you to do. As you're, as you're reading this, I want you to figure out where you're not good at this. And I said, because if you look at these things and the qualities were humble, hungry, and have social intelligence, he said, if you look at these three things and you come, come to me and you say, Mike, I think I'm perfect at all three of these things, I know you're at least missing one of those things, right? Right? And so the, the reason why I said that is because if you come to me and you think you've got it all together, then there's really nowhere we can go. And so really, if we're going to be um, um, learners, we have to recognize that we have room to grow. And you say, Mike, why are we spending a whole Sunday talking about the wisdom of a learner? Like, this sounds like a self-help talk. And it kind of is, honestly. But here's why, because this is one of the major themes in the book of Proverbs. As we look at Proverbs, 26 of the 31 books of, in Proverbs talk about us personally becoming a learner. That's, that's a pretty high percentage. Matter of fact, 10 of the 31 books in Proverbs begin, that's like almost a third, essentially is a third, by talking about this idea of becoming a learner. So it's pretty important. What I would say is that if we want to attain godly wisdom, we have to become learners. Like how can we learn to be wise if we're not learners? Right? Like I think sometimes we just expect to just pray and be like, God, I want to be wise. And then God kind of slaps us on the head and gives it to us. Anybody else besides me? Like, Jesus, why aren't you doing this? What's going on? Well, Mike, you got to try at least, right? Right? And so if we want to be, if we want godly wisdom, we must first become learners. So how do we, how do we become a learner? And as we kind of walk through this thing, it's going to be like an onion today. We're just peeling back more and more layers. Like anybody ever read the book, Give a Mouse a Cookie? I read that one with my son all the time. You give him, what is it, a cookie? Then he's going to ask for what? Milk. And if you give him milk, what's he going to ask for after that? That's the one where nobody knows. It's a napkin. It's a napkin. Actually, I don't know. I just guess. <laughs> But we're, gonna, we're just going to keep going. We're going to kind of peel back some layers because if we want wisdom, then first we must become learners so that we can, become, we can learn how to become wise. But then how do we become a learner? Well, if we're going to become a learner, 
We have to be listeners. A listener, man, let me tell you something about my life. And maybe your marriage is different than mine if you're married in here today. But like 90%, and this is like just a guess, but it's probably a higher percentage. 90% of the fights that Katie and I have in our marriage is because one of us was not listening to the other person. I just saw three people elbow somebody in here today. And it's, it's not that we didn't hear each other. Like, it's not that she wasn't yelling loud enough, because she does. She can, right? But there's a big difference between hearing and listening. Am I right? Like, I can say, I heard you, but I didn't really hear you. And so a lot of times when we get off, when we miscommunicate, it's because one of us, usually me, is not listening well to the other person. If we want to be a learner, one of the keys of being a learner is becoming a listener. Proverbs 10, 8 says, a wise heart accepts commands, but foolish lips will be destroyed. And you say, why, why use that verse? Because what he essentially said is, uh, the wise are listening to the command. They accept the command, but the fool is talking over the command. Anybody know anything about that? And there's a lot of different types of listeners out there, and there's a lot of bad types of listeners out there, Right? Like there's, like there's a lot of, we're going with the theme mama always said, there's a lot of types of listeners that our mama's told us not to be. One of the worst types of listeners that drive me crazy is the know-it-all. Anybody know a know-it-all? You can't tell them a thing, man. You're trying to talk to them. You're trying to have a conversation with them. Like God comes in, like speaks audibly to them, tries to correct them, and they're like, oh God, I know a better way. This is the person that like gets in your car and tells you how to drive to your house right? This is, this is my son who's about to be three. He's in this stage of life right now. They told me that this wouldn't happen until he became a teenager, right? I'm like, <laughs> like he's telling us how to do things. What? No, no, the sky is not blue, dad. It is red. And you're like, kid, you cannot even poop in the toilet yet. Like, I know what's best for your life, right? Like, this is where we're at right now. Pete Hines said this, and this is pretty good. Somebody, y'all need to use this at home when somebody's being a know-it-all. Those who always know best are a universal pest, those who always know best are a universal pest. Proverbs 28, 26 says this, the one who trusts in himself is a fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. Proverbs 28, 26, those who trust himself is a fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. The second type of listener that drives me crazy is the been there, done that guy. You know this one? Like I heard somebody audibly, oh my goodness, yes, Right? Whatever you tell them, whatever you talk to them about, whatever you share with them, they're not listening to you because they've already been there. They've done that, right? Like you could tell them, I climbed Mount Everest last week, and they'd be like, yeah, I remember I did it back in 2011 when nobody else was doing it. I did it back when it was still cool, (laughs) right? Like you could parachute into church today, grab your coffee as you're swinging it, and glide right down here on the first row and have your Bible open to the passage I'm going to be talking about. They'd be like, yeah, I've done that before. No big deal. The been there, done that guy. The next one, well, Proverbs 18.2 says this, a fool does not delight in his understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Yikes. The next one that drives me crazy is the one-upper. And I think this one is is pretty important because if you talk to a one-upper, they've always had it worse or they've always had it better. And as you're talking to them, you're, you're having a conversation, you try to share. And this is important because we're trying to share life with somebody. You're trying to open yourself up to this person. You talk to them, try to talk to them about their problems, but they're not listening to your problems because all they're thinking about is how their problems are worse. 
than your problems. Or you try to share some success that you're having in life and how life is going well for you, and they're not listening. They can't celebrate with you because all they're thinking about is how they just did something bigger and better, and they can't wait to tell you about that, the one-upper. And all of these examples are listeners, aren't really listeners, but they're way that, ways that our narcissism as human beings plays out because we're not really listening. And when God brings wisdom into this type of listener, tries to share wisdom with these types of listeners, they're not really listening because they're just focused on themselves. Proverbs 12, 15 says, a fool's way is right in his own eyes. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. So what does it mean to be a listener? Like you guys are listening to me right now. Does that make us all great listeners? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if you're taking great notes, perhaps. But I would say this, a great listener is someone who is teachable. A great listener is someone who is Teachable. I had a friend named uh, Lee Powell. Many of you guys have met him, know him. He has been around the river a lot, and he became really a kind of a big mentor and friend to me. Um, he's a guy who planted a church uh, a long time ago, did really well, and um, just helped change a whole lot of lives. Like God just did some amazing things through their church. And uh, he, he became a big friend. And, and a few years ago, he and I went to a conference uh, in, I'm not going to say where, but we went to a conference. And as we were sitting there, after we did the conference, we went out to dinner with a few guys afterwards. And we were sitting there having dinner. And these three or four guys were all guys who had pastored churches. None of them had done anything near to what uh, God had done through Lee's church. And so literally these guys, they're all about our size church, about the same as us. And so we're sitting there with dinner with Lee. And I'm thinking, if you've got a guy like this, who got his use like that, what I would be sitting there in dinner doing is asking him question after question after question. And the whole time we were sitting there, all of these other guys were doing was talking to him about how they thought things should be done in the church how they thought you should reach people in the church, how, how they thought the church should be effective, how they thought, and I, I'm like, like Proverbs 1.5 says, a wise man will listen. <laughs> a wise man will listen and increase his learning, and a discerning man will obtain guidance. Like as we're sitting there at this dinner with these guys, I was like shocked because I was thinking what they should have been doing is peppering him with question after question after question. Lee, how did God save souls? God, or Lee, how did, how did God, how did you guys reach people? How did y'all transform the community? How did y'all help people? How did you, how did you do this? How did you do this? And then when they asked the question, they should just shut up and listen, right? But no, it says a wise man will listen, but a fool can't shut up. Some of you are like, well, Mike, maybe you should shut up. <laughs> What's interesting about that is that same person, Lee, I was traveling with him later on, and we went to a bunch of different churches, and they were, we went to like five different churches. And as we were, or, well, we went to lunch with pastors of these five different churches, and, and without fail, every time we would go, and these were churches that were significantly smaller and had done less in their lifetime as a church than uh, Lee's particular church had done, um, but they were very successful. God had been using them in some really cool ways. And so as we're sitting at lunch with each one, I kid you not, Lee, this man who you would think is this incredibly accomplished man, pulled out a journal every time, notebook every time. How are you guys winning people for Jesus at your church? How are you guys impacting lives at your church? What are you doing that's effective at your church? How are you doing this? How are you doing? And like the whole lunch, you have these guys that want to ask him questions, but all he's doing is asking them questions. 
And I'll never forget this. The one thing he would ask every single one is, what are you most excited about at your church right now? You see, I think that I learned so much from just watching that. The wisdom of a learner is someone who is teachable. And I think what was so important about this, I think what was so important about this is because as successful of a ministry as this person has had, he was confident enough to know that he didn't know it all. And he was able to listen and be humble. And you see, one of the keys, key, key, key things for us in life as Christians is to stay teachable so that the Holy Spirit can guide our lives, so the Holy Spirit can correct our lives, so the Holy Spirit can shape our lives. Because River Church, as soon as we stop being teachable, what happens is we become hardened to the voice of God and really we become in a way arrogant (laughs) towards him and we think, I don't need to be taught anymore, Jesus, because I have arrived, baby. Like, you should be thrilled that I am a Christian. (laughs) Like, Jesus, aren't you grateful that I'm saved? (laughs) But what we know is God resists the proud, but gives grace to the, hum, to the humble. And in our Christian walk, we have to stay humble. We have to stay teachable so that we can stay moldable, so that God can continue to work and help us flourish and grow as Christians. You see, the listening heart, River Church, if we want to become listeners, the listening heart is a humble heart. The listening heart is a humble heart. Proverbs eleven two says, when pride comes, disgrace follows. But with humility comes what? Wisdom. The listening heart is humble. The second thing I really think that the listening heart is, if we want to have a listening heart, is the listening heart has a desire to grow. The listening heart is hungry. The listening heart is not satisfied with where we are in our relationship with Jesus. And the listening heart says, I want more. And the listening heart is willing to do whatever it takes. The listening heart is saying, Jesus, I want to be humble. I want to be teachable because I want to grow. I want to be shaped. I want you to transform me. I am not satisfied with where I am today. And what we know about growth, especially in the Christian life, is that sometimes growth is not always pleasant, is it? Sometimes growth is painful. Sometimes in growth, when God comes and speaks to us and works in our lives, it's going to be a little bit painful, There's going to be some times where God comes to us and goes, here's some sin that we've got to deal with. Here's some things we've got to get rid of. Here's some relationships that we need to cut off because these relationships are harmful for you. There's going to be hard decisions to be made, but but the listening heart is hungry. The listening heart is humble, and so the listening heart is willing to do what it takes because the listening heart wants to grow. The listening heart wants wisdom. So Jesus, whatever it is that you call me to, I'm willing to do it. The next thing I would say, and this is the one that's the real fun one, the listening heart embraces correction. Anybody excited about that one? Yeah. I actually would like for us to line up. I have things I'd like to talk to you all about that I think we should work on. Just kidding. The listening heart embraces correction, but this is important because correction is often how we learn. If we reject correction, oftentimes we reject learning. It's like a baseball coach who's correcting a batter's swing so he can teach him how to hit the ball, right? And what we have to shape our minds around, especially when it comes to Jesus, is that correction is not rejection. Correction is not rejection. Correction is not condemnation. Correction from Jesus is love. It's him shaping you and helping you. And honestly, in the long run, it's him healing you. And now I'm not talking about like the critical spirit. Like we've all been around people who are just critical people and critical persons. Like run from those people, man. Like if that's you today, don't talk to me. 
okay? Run from those types of people. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about Jesus, the way he corrects us and guides us because he loves you, because he can help you, because he can teach you. Proverbs 12, 1 says, and I told you, I've got a ton of verses today because the Bible talks about this a lot. Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is, you said it, not me. What's funny about this verse is uh, whenever I was in Sunday school, like 12 years old, we had a lesson on this verse. And I remember that to this day because this stuck in my head because the teacher's like, see, whenever your parents discipline you, it's because they love you. But if you reject it, see, you're dumb. You don't want to do that. And we took it the exact opposite way because we ran out in the auditorium or in the, the church after Sunday school class. And we just run up to people and be like, do you like being corrected? No, you're stupid. Jesus says so. Like, <laughs> really? Like, I almost, if I wasn't the pastor's kid, I would have been kicked out of church. <laughs> Never forget. That's like the one Sunday school lesson I will always remember. Whatever works, right? But here's, here's what's important with this verse. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. And that's harsh, but it may be true is that oftentimes I think we can, we come in this space and we go to church or in, in, any church really, and, and, but we don't really take God's wisdom. We don't really take God's correction. We don't really take what he's calling us to and embrace it. We, we don't really allow ourselves to be transformed by it. And, and this is important because we want to take what God's teaching us. We want to embrace it. We want to hold on to it. We want to be transformed by it. And really, if, if we're coming in here and we're not doing that, like we're just wasting time. What we want to do is invite God's wisdom into our lives and allow it to transform us. Proverbs 13, 13 and 14 says, The one who has contempt for instruction will pay the penalty. The one who has contempt for instruction will pay the penalty. And I want you to know here, this isn't God saying, I'm going to punish you if you don't listen to me. This is him saying, bad things are going to happen because I'm trying to help you out. Let's continue on. He says, but the one who respects the command will be rewarded. A wise man instruction is a fountain of life. That's what I want. A wise man's instruction is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. See, correction turns you away from the snares of death. Because here's the thing is when God comes in and he corrects your life and he moves you and says, hey, you're stepping here. You need to step over here. We need to do this over here. He may be helping you avoid a huge mess in your life. He may be helping you avoid a huge mess in your life. Or you can, you know, you can say, hey, I did it my way and just fall in that pit, baby. And hope somebody has a ladder. You see, if we want to be learners, we've got to become listeners. And so if we're going to become listeners, we've got to be humble. We've got to be hungry. We've got to embrace correction. Then what we do forward with that as learners, we're, we're going to do some pretty important things. One thing we're going to do as we become learners is we're going to initiate. We're going to initiate. And what I talk about here is what I, what I mean is initiate relationships with people. So if we're going to be a learner, we've got to find people we can learn stuff from, right? Find people we can learn stuff from. So we want to initiate relationships with people who are good at doing what we want to be good at, right? Like if you want your marriage to be healed, if you want your marriage to be better, do you go find somebody who's going through a divorce? This should be an easier answer for you guys, right? No, we find somebody who's doing really good at it. We find somebody who go, man, I, I would love my marriage to look like like that marriage. They seem like they really love each other. And what you'll find out is as you get closer to them, you'll see that they have a lot of problems too. But there's, maybe there's some things we can, we can learn. 
But it's important that we initiate those relationships because most of the time they're not looking for you. You say, Mike, that seems kind of harsh. Well, when we, when we move back to Texas and we say, man, we want to plant a church, let's do it. I, I went out and I emailed a bunch of pastors who were doing really well at, at planting churches and God had been just doing some incredible things through their churches. And I emailed like 10 or 15 pastors like, hey, can I get together? Can I meet with you? I just want to talk to you. And all of them except for one said yes. And I'm still bitter about the one, but it's like you always remember the one, right? But we were able to sit down and talk and share, and they gave me some really great advice and wisdom. And the reason I bring this up is because I want you to know they weren't looking for me. They were like, I'm doing really great. I'm, God's using me. I'm moving. They were like, I wonder if there's a guy out there, maybe a Michael Gerald. I'm feeling something who, could, who needs my wisdom. We don't know. I don't know what you're walking through, if you need help, if you need guidance, if you need wisdom, if you need someone to come alongside you and show you the way, most of us don't know that you need it. And so if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, find somebody who's doing really well in their walk with Jesus and say, can I buy you a dinner? Can I get you coffee? Like, can I just, or just like show up at their house and bother them until they like talk to you, right? But we have to be learners are initiators. Learners are initiators. And I know a lot of this is practical today, but it's because the book of Proverbs is very practical. And I can't think of anything more spiritual than learning how to apply the practical things of the Bible to our lives. So number one, learners initiate. And and let me say this, if you want to find some people to do that, we're starting community groups back up. We're on a community group break. We're starting community groups back up on June 23rd is the goal. So That'd be a great place for you to find and build some of those relationships. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without, I love this part, and without criticizing. And it will be given to him. The second thing, the second thing that learners do, so as we become listeners, we become learners, the second thing we do, I hope they're okay back there. The second thing we do is implement. It's a lot different to, to know what to do and then doing what you know what to do. Am I right? James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not just hearers only deceiving yourselves. And I think in, in our world, especially like in the church culture, so many of us get messed up because we know a lot about God, but we don't actually know God. Like we haven't taken his, his statutes, we haven't taken his wisdom, we haven't taken his word, his spirit, and applied it to our lives. That's why I kind of harped on that earlier, because it's so important that we take the wisdom of God, we take the guidance of God, and we apply it to our lives, we live it out so that we can be transformed. Like there is such a difference between knowing what to do and doing it. Like let me give you an example. The other day, I saw something really weird happening. I, this guy was driving I came up to a stop sign and he just kind of rolled through the stop sign. So a police officer came and pulled him over. Okay, this is not going to go well. So police officer pulls him, police officer pulls him over, walks up to him and says, hey man, uh, you rolled through that stop sign, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And the guy says, well, I looked around, there's nobody coming and I, I, I know I should have stopped, but I just kind of rolled on through it. And he said, but, but hey, come on officer, I know I, I should have stopped, maybe next time I'll stop, can you just let me off? And the police officer says, well, let me show you an example of knowing what you should do but not doing it. He goes, step outside of the car, sir. And so I'm, I'm watching this as this guy gets out of the car and I see the police officer take his nightstick and just begin to beat the guy. Okay, this, is, this didn't really happen. He begins to beat the guy and not hard, like, not like brut- police brutality yet, just like love taps. And the guy's going, stop, man, come on, stop. And the police officer goes, I know I should stop. There's 
there's a big difference between knowing what we should do and doing it. Application can make a big difference. Thirdly, learners inspire. Learners inspire. You see, when we take God's wisdom and we apply it to our lives, when we really get this and we become a learner of of God's wisdom, what ultimately is going to happen is as it shapes our lives and as it transforms our lives, other people are going to see that. And other people are going to see that in you. And what's going to begin to happen is we're going to inspire other people to grow. They're going to watch your life. They're going to watch your testimony. And your testimony, your life is going to become a light for them to follow in their own lives. Paul said this. He, he told us, he says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. And as we take the wisdom of God, as we learn, we become learners and we allow it to transform our lives, we can truly begin to say to other people, hey, imitate me, follow me as I follow Jesus. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise later in life. You see, if you were here last week and you heard Ryan's uh, sermon, he did a great job. And one of the things I loved about it was it was so focused on the wisdom that was passed down from his grandparents to his parents into his life. And he talks so much about how the wisdom that his grandparents had, that, that they learned from God, had been passed down to them, how it impacted him, how it had changed his life. And I, I want to say something maybe controversial this morning. Not really. I don't think his parents or his grandparents started out that wise. Like, I don't think they were just born wisdom, Right? Like, what I think happened is as they followed Jesus, they became wise. And what we saw in Ryan's story is that as they followed Jesus, they became wise. That wisdom impacted and changed Ryan's life. Not just the grandparents' life, Ryan's life. And what I believe will happen is because of that wisdom that followed Jesus that impacted Ryan's life, it's going to impact Ryan's kids. And I believe it's going to impact his grandkids and potentially generations are different. So what we're going to do is pass on the wisdom that we have, that God gives us, God shapes us with so that we inspire other people to follow Jesus. And so we want, River Church, we, we, we do this, this series because, not just because we want to become wise followers of Jesus, not just for ourselves, but we want to be wise followers of Jesus for our families, for our, our children, for our spouses, for our friends, for our co-workers. Like, like I want to be a wise follower of Jesus because, honestly, because of, for whatever reason, all of you in this space who have allowed me to be the pastor who shepherds your soul in here. Like, I'm grateful for you. I question some of your judgment, but it inspires me to want to become a wise follower of Jesus. And so we in this space today, we want to become wise not just for ourselves, but for all those with whom God has entrusted in our care as Christians. And so to become wise, we must become learners because we've got to learn wisdom. But to learn wisdom, we must become listeners. As listeners, we must learn to apply the things that we hear to our lives so that they shape and transform us. We must be humble. We must be teachable. We must be hungry for growth. We must be open for correction. 
take what God gives us and we allow it to transform our lives. This morning, River Church, we're gonna sing one more song today. And as we do that, I wanna encourage you to just worship Jesus and ask him that he would make you a wise follower of Jesus, that he would pour out his spirit on you, he would pour out his wisdom on you, that you would take hold of it and be shaped by it. And that as we do that, there would be a legacy that follows after your life, that generations after you would be changed and shaped and transformed because you listened to Jesus today. I believe God and his sovereignty can do pretty crazy things like that. Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. I pray that you would help us to be wise, God. Wisdom is is such a, I don't know, it seems like such a big thing, but God, it really starts with us being a learner, us, us being a listener, God, us paying attention to what you're trying to teach us and then take it and applying it to our lives so that we're transformed by it. So Father, I just pray in this space today that we would be a room filled with Christians who want your wisdom so much that we humble ourselves, who want your wisdom so much that we do whatever it takes to grow, that want your wisdom so much that we just lay before you and we say, Jesus, teach me, grow me, I'll listen, I'll learn, I'll do whatever you want, God. Because ultimately your wisdom, it keeps us from the snares of life, it protects us, it shapes us, it it, it keeps us safe, God, it guides us, Lord. And then it guides other people to you as they follow us, as they see us, as they see our lives, Jesus. And so I pray for that this morning. God, I ask for that this morning. God, I, 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 I beg you this morning that you would do that for us in this space, Jesus. I ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.